celebrating. We have a new logo. We have uh, one of our uh, beloved disciples here in our church uh, doing some of our artwork. So this is kind of like what we're going with right now. Do you guys like it? Yes. It's simple. I think it's new. I think it's just creative. So this is Elevate, y'all. Welcome to Elevate. The first one of the year. So we're going to start off right. Worshiping Jesus. Amen. Next slide for me, please. One of the things about our church, we're big on, on having an idea of what we're doing in church, okay? We're not coming here, we're not just passing out cheeseburgers and everybody, here's a cheeseburger. And, you know, read this, but no, we, we have a vision, okay? We want to love God and love people. We want to be excellent in that. And the way we go about this, we have a strategy, okay? Discipleship strategy, connect mentor and send. If you guys watch sports, you guys know that there's a coach on a team. They're not just basically uh, doing whatever they feel like doing, okay? Like in basketball. Like imagine if everybody in basketball wanted to do what all they wanted to do, like the ball hog. You ever played basketball and ever played a team where this person always wanted to shoot? Jonathan. No matter if they can't shoot, they're still shooting like far away. They're trying to do layups. They can't even do layups. Trying to dunk. They can't even jump. Jonathan. I mean, that's, that's what it would be like if, if we yeah. came to church and everybody just wanted to do their own thing. But we have a discipleship strategy where we connect you to Jesus. We mentor you. We train you up. We teach you what Jesus said in this Bible and how to live for God. And then we send you back out. Man, that's so powerful that when God literally gets a hold of you, you know, if you ever going up to somebody and man, they're thinking something crazy, you ever want to shake them? They're like, hey, wake up! You know, you shake them a little bit. When God gets a hold of you and he wakes you up, we send you back out. Back into your schools, back into your family. And we just watch what God does. Amen. We have testimonies of families coming to the Lord. Amen. So you never know. So that's our strategy. Get connected to Jesus. Mentor. Get trained up how to live like Jesus. Then we send you back out. And our goal here is 100,000 disciples in the city of Chicago. With 500 churches and 500 around the world. If you believe we can do it, come on and say amen. amen. It's not crazy to think at all. Listen, there are millions of people, millions of people here in the city of Chicago, so God can do it. Amen. Next slide for me, please. Connect, mention, send, amen, amen. Also, we have a one-on-one discipleship program. If you guys are interested in being a disciple of Jesus, what God calls you to be, Hook up a one of your leaders. Can I have, a, have all my elders and deacons and then my 201 leaders go ahead and raise their hand for me? There it is. There it is. So if you're interested in hooking up and being a disciple, find one of these leaders that raised their hand. Talk to me. Listen, I want to be a disciple. Amen. Amen. Next slide for me, please. Tithe and offering. Just one quick announcement. January 18th, which is the third Saturday of this month. Mark it in your calendar. Pull out your smartphone. Put a little sticky note. Whatever you got to do. This coming, not this coming out. Yeah, this Saturday, January 18th, we're going to have a movie at Metro. January 18th, I believe it's a Saturday. It is a Saturday. So meet here at the church at 2 o'clock. What we're going to do, we're going to make a flyer on Facebook. We'll tag you guys in so that way you can't forget. It'll be all up on your news feed. It'll be tagged in the picture. You can make it your profile picture, your cover page, whatever. We want you to come. So it's January 18th at 2 p.m. Again, we'll make a flyer. We'll tag you on Facebook. All gravy. Amen. Tithes and offering. Here it is. Tithe is 10% of your total income. 10%. And an offering is whatever you offer to God after your tithe. And I believe that young people, I can believe that you guys in your teen years 
Though you don't have a nine to five, maybe you do. Maybe you work on the weekends. Maybe you work at McDonald's. Maybe you work at Popeyes. Maybe you work at the hip mall. It doesn't matter where you work. If you got a job, okay, you make some cheddar, all right? The Bible tells you to tie down your head. So if you make trouble, check this out. So if you work at the hip mall, right, and you work at like the Foot Locker, and you only work and say that maybe after two weeks, you make about like, you don't work part-time, you make about $300, okay? That's pretty good, that's pretty good. You work a couple hours, make $300. What's 10% of $300? 30 bucks, 30 bucks, okay? So put that in your mind. Tithing is honoring God, it is obeying God. And an offering is whatever you offer to God after your tithing. And let's stand, as we read this, uh, I think we have a little, do we got one of those little, yeah, if we do $20, 10%. $2. I want to challenge you guys to be faithful in your tithes and your offering. And you want to see, a lot of people pray prayers like, God, bless me. God, man, bless my family. God, I don't want to be broke no more. <laughs> and we're not willing to give to God. We're not willing to break that curse of greed over our life. And the way you do that is to give unto the Lord. Amen. So everyone on the count of three, let's read this out as we say it out loud. We're not saying it out loud because the, the louder we say it, God hears it. It's so that our hearts, right, can, can be stirred up to believe God and take God for his word. Amen. So let's read in the count of three. One, two, three. Acts 20, 35. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. What do you say? Let's bow our, our heads and let's close our eyes. Father. We thank you uh, for the many blessings you've bestowed upon us, God. We we ask, Lord, that tonight, God, as we bring in this new year, Lord, that, God, your Holy Spirit would fill this place, God. That, God, we wouldn't be hesitant to worship you. We wouldn't be hesitant to, to be filled with worship and passion for your name, Jesus. God, we honor you and we bless you. Um, God, we pray, Lord, that you will bless the students as they give and be with us here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, can someone say amen? Come on up as you give, amen. Worship to you.
turns out the.
inclination to what we're doing right now in this time of worship. Right now, we're just expressing our heart to God. It doesn't have to be a song. It doesn't have to be something on the screen. It's just what's in your heart to God. And, and if you're finding it hard to say anything at this point in time, maybe this is all new for you, and that could be it. But maybe you're at this place, and there's nothing in your heart that cries out for God. And this is kind of the illustration that God gave me. Do you know that when you're in love, you'll say some of the, you know, you'll say anything to try to communicate how much you love that person. I know that in being in a relationship uh, um, with Christina and expressing love is it's like, man, I'll say cute things, I'll say silly things, but I hope she gets it. Even in the silly word, in the cute, even in the serious, I'm communicating what's in my heart. I love you. I love you a lot. I think about you when I'm at work. You know what? This comes to worship when it comes to God. God is, God is wanting all that we have in, in that relationship and expressing it to Him. Because we read all through our scriptures, He tells us the Bible's full of how He loves us, how He loves us, how He loves us. And now in these moments, we're giving you the opportunity where you can say, God, I love you back. And maybe there's nothing in your heart because there's no love for God. Maybe you've just been so preoccupied with other things. And here's, here's what we're going to do. Because this is our heart to God. It's not, you know, what's what's going on next to you. It's your heart. So if you're in this place, and there's no condemnation, like you said, if you're in this place and you're struggling right now to express your heart to God, or maybe you haven't done it in a while, man, it's been like forever since you've done it, and you're like, man, they're doing it the right way, and it feels awkward. You feel like it's not normal. But I just want to invite you up. You know, just take a step forward. We want to know who we're ministering to. We want to lay hands and we want to pray for you. Because we believe that God, He doesn't He doesn't hold these things back from us. He's not like in heaven, like, oh you 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 can't have my love. He's oh you can't have my joy. Or you can't have my presence. He's like, no, take it. Take it. I mean, he shows us when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. So there should be no one in this place struggling like I can't. I can't get through. I, I, I can't connect in this time of worship. We don't want to go to a place where you guys are not understanding. And at the same time, you guys can't fully, fully express yourselves in what God is doing. So we want you to take a, do me a favor. Just with all eyes closed in this place. Come on. And this is just to help you so that, you know, when no one's staring at each other all awkwardly. And it's okay if you respond to this. It doesn't matter if you've been at the church. You've been in one or one, you've been a disciple for the longest time. It doesn't matter. What matters right now is the presence of God. And you're responding to that. And if you're struggling, if you're struggling in this place, or maybe you're just not thinking like it's, it's not working, I don't feel this presence. We believe God is in this place. We want you to know that. So if that's you, I want you to take a step of faith with me right now and just take a giant step forward. Come on, meet me here at this altar. Right in front. Come on. Come on.
those who may be struggling right now with their faith, and they're walking, wanting to go deeper with the Lord, come in Jesus' name, God. We pray for your power, and we pray for your manifest presence to come over the life in Jesus' mighty name right now. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name, we come against every destruction in the name of Jesus. We come against the work of Satan in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we come against everything that was spoken to them. And that they made me to the God to speak. Sure, we speak your presence, we speak your love, we speak your life. Into the right now, in Jesus' mighty name, we come to church. We don't want to let the begin to pray for your brother and your We get to pray for your friend, we get to let you know. And that that is what we have to do, we get to open up your heart. And we get to express the hands of God. And that God is making a way. He's spending a way for you to come in worship. He's spending a way for you to go deeper in your life with God. You will never expect it. Never expect it. Never come back to service. You want to be here. You have a best step.
um, because we had a good amount of our leaders out at a conference, and this conference is not just any ordinary conference, um, but it's a literal, uh, just all out, I'm going after Jesus, you ain't holding me back type of thing. And um, the conference starts, I think, about three to four days before New Year's Eve, before the New Year's, and they worship the entire time. I mean, they're worshiping God, and then they have people come speak into their lives, and then they go eat something, and then they come back, and it's all the same thing. But the thing is that the presence of God is is amazing there because you have thousands of people for the same reason. They're not there to be at a rock concert. They're there to glorify Jesus, and that's something special. That many people coming, and not to take for granted what we got having here. This is special too, but I mean, thousands of people. You think about like filling up a stadium. I mean, you're looking and you can't see the front. You're looking, you can't see the back. And, and God did some amazing things. So what I'm going to have them do is share, this was it, from about one minute to two minutes max, okay? From one to two minutes, share what God did in your life, what God impressed upon your heart. It was great for the worship. Jesus culture was there. You had the musicians for IHOP. I mean, it was all-out worship. Francis Chan was one of the speakers. But more importantly, we want to know what God was speaking. Maybe it was something that you saw. Maybe God was healing somebody. Maybe it was someone getting filled with um, the gift of the Spirit. Maybe it was somebody just worshiping God and, and really crying out to God. Maybe it was your own heart where God broke in your life. Um, so as personal as you like to get, but in one and two minutes, so that way everybody can get a good enough time to share. Um, so one and two minutes, what God impressed upon your heart when you got away from this trip. Thank you. Um, actually, when it came down to like the last minute, I was kind of was feeling nervous and didn't really want to go to one thing. But then like my brother, he told me that I should go. And like at the last second, Lawrence even called me and I was just like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to go for it. And actually when I like got there, it was just, man, we came in late because the line was long. But like as soon as you walked into the room, like coming up the escalator in there, you just feel the presence of God in the room from like the first guy who um, was a leading worship. I forget his name, but then from then on out, like every service was just better and better. It was like glory and glory. Like from every speaker to every worship leader, it just got better no matter who it was. And like God was just speaking to me the whole time or just to like focus on him in every in everything that I did to just focus on him, put him first. And from that whole experience, I could just say that I'm, I'm feeling I'm like way further in my relationship with God from that. So. Well, uh, and I just want to say, something happens when you're in an auditorium full of 30,000 other believers who are hungry after God's presence. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, maybe, you know, at Elevate, you can think, well, Oh, we don't have 30,000 people. Oh, it's, you know, it's different. Oh, you know, God's presence is over there. No, the thing that made God's presence so powerful over there was because each one of those people was hungry. Guys, if we get hungry in this place, we can get even more presence in David. So I want to encourage you guys. That's, I mean, that's something that touched me personally over there was a hunger for God, His presence. And you can see it on their faces. When New Year's came, the hunger that was there just led into celebration and freedom and worship. It's because we were all hungry. And I want to challenge each and one of you guys, get hungry right now. Don't wait till next year. Don't wait for another, you know, what? No, get hungry now. And go after God and seek his presence now because it will come. And that's what I believe. That's what happened out there. And I was just touched by it so much.
Uh, I remember going and just like uh, Alex said, going in the escalator, just looking around the entire area. It's, it's gigantic. You, you guys have no idea. It's gigantic. I thought it was small from the videos that I saw. Well, uh, Lawrence that showed me. I thought it was very small, but like it, just being there in person is just wow. It's overwhelming. And like during worship, he would. I would sometimes look around and from the back to the front, worshiping, and I would see hands raised. Imagine 30,000 people, hands raised to the Lord, worshiping in unison. Like, it's just, I, I, I can't explain it anymore. It's amazing. And just, oh, the Holy Spirit is just moving and it's, it's infecting every single one of us. And, and so much awesome worship leaders, um, every, they have a schedule where there's three worship leaders um, every day. Sometimes they do the same thing, sometimes they're different. And then every single one of them just brought just the Holy Spirit in there and they just began to just, uh, just imagine, just just thinking about it, it's just, just relaxing, I don't know, it's just amazing. Um, just, uh, I see so many people on their knees crying, laid down, um, just, just jumping for joy and, and, and So, man, so like when I went there, it was so awesome because like, like there it was like you, like that amazed me so much. Like there were guys there that was was your age, your age. Like these guys were on you and they're worshiping, they're praying the Lord. If somebody was sick, they prayed for that person. If somebody needed something, they prayed for that person. And these kids, these youth, they just believe in the power of God. They were hungry for the power of God. They wanted revival. You know, I really believe that those kids took that. That spirit of revival home. He you know what's awesome was I know I think I brought it home. I'm ready for revival. I'm ready to see you you guys like rise up and be on fire. Man, you guys, I, I, I believe in every one of you guys because I saw it. I saw them. They were youth your age. They're raising their hands, they're worshiping, they're praising God, and they're ready for it. Man, so this next person, by the way, he's a great friend of mine. His name is Vincent, so everybody give a warm welcome for him. He's the first time to love it, so. So it was, it was a great, great experience for me. Um, I went, I went in 2010 also, but it seems like, it seems like as the years go by, it just got way more, way more powerful. On the way there, like, I was just listening to my prayer music, knowing that I'm gonna go to a, a conference center over 30,000 people, and it's just powerful sitting on sitting at the seat right there, just driving there, and and I, and I believe I believe that I, that I was just turned around, turned around, and. Started just blurring out, you know, like just asking the Holy Spirit, you know, 
eyelids started tingling. My, I saw a light that just, my, my mouth just opened up. It's just amazing. Like, wow, is, is this really happening, God? Lord, thank you. But it's just a blessing to be there. I encourage all of you next year. My name's Steph. Well, Stephanie, you Steph. But um, <laughs> my experience out there, it was my second time being out there. But like how they were saying, it was just like from glory to glory. And I just remember being there and the Lord just in the quietness and during the times of worship, like hearing his voice and um, just him checking my heart and reminding me of when I first got saved and how on fire I was. And I feel like the Lord really stirred up a new hunger and a new desire and passion in my heart just to desire Him above all else, you know? And so many times it can happen so easily with us. Like, we get saved and then distraction here and distraction there, you know? But um, just being over there, I feel like God really dealt with my heart. And, um, like, I'm just excited to see you guys because I know... Like how everybody else is saying, everybody else was worshiping there. Like I know, I can see that in you guys, just your potential and what God can do through you if you just surrender and you just submit and just forget about everybody else and what they're thinking, you know. And uh, yeah, that's what I want to share. Until then, and um, so I just felt God speaking to me like it's 
first I didn't know what it meant. So I was like, Lord, I will love you for the sake of you. And then when it hit me, oh, God just blessed my heart. He shared with me his emotion of it's not just this, because I haven't spent this much time with the Lord in a long time uh, as I did this past week. And just his heart about, like, I wouldn't spend time with him. I wouldn't be worshiping. And I'm thinking, like, it's nothing, you know? And he shared with me at that moment, it's like, I need that. Like, God needs your love and your adoration. Not in the sense where, like, he's not God if he doesn't have it. It's just and that want need. Like, when you say something to, like, your, you know, when you're married to your wife or your mom or whatever it's going to be, you'll say, oh, I need my mom, you know? God, you don't need anything. Would you say that? It's like that need one. And God just shared with me his heart and said, He needs my love and my adoration and my worship to him. It's just full of myself. Amen. I mean, you guys, thank you so much. You guys may be seated. So just know that God is alive and well. Okay? When you hear about things like that, I mean, I was in the back there and you know, everyone's testimony kind of like touched my heart. I'm over there like, man, that's that's powerful and encourages me so much. You know, and, and I hope that it encourages you as well. Um, next week, we'll be starting a new sermon series. And it's going to be very interesting because um, the power of God, it's not one of these things where we read about it and it's ancient. Like all that. Man, God used to do things like that. We believe in the power of God to change people's lives, to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and you'll never be the same again. Okay. And we want to share testimonies, actual things that have happened that God has touched people's lives and the transformation that came about with it. And, um, you know, it's it's the new year. And, uh, you know, uh, something that Lawrence had said, he said that, you know, get hungry for it. You don't have to wait till the end of the service. You don't have to wait till next year. It's your hunger. And God always brings it down to that. Like, how hungry are you for this? You know, going into New Year's, everybody makes a resolution that I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to look like a model. I'm going to get my six-pack that I've always should have had. You know, I'm going to go over here and be super skinny. I'm going to be fit in shape. I don't know if that's maybe you or maybe you have desires. Like, I want to fit into these old pair of jeans or whatever. Here's the thing. It's never going to happen if you don't make the changes necessary. And in your life with God, are you willing to make the changes? Are you willing to make that sacrifice and say, God, I'll put you first. You wonder why you're not getting rocked. You wonder why you're not hearing words from God. It's not on God's end. It's not like the well of overflowing love, grace, mercy has stopped flowing. It hasn't stopped. It's us. What are you willing to do to get what you've never had? And here's the thing about it. God, he gives it freely. He's not, he's not looking at, what, well, how much do you got? He's, he wants it all. How desperate are you? How hungry are you for it? The title of this sermon is, What Will Never Change This Year. And I was prompted to it because everybody's so quick to say, what I want to change, and... This is the sermon. What will never change this year? Open up your Bibles with me to Hebrews 6. And if you don't have your Bible, we have a Bible on the screen for you to follow along. But if you have your Bible, please open it up. Follow along with us um, to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. What will never change this year? 
Hebrews 16, 17, it goes like this. Because God wanted to make the unchangeable nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. I'll read that once more. Hebrews 6, verses 17 and 18. It goes like this. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. Here's one thing you need to know about this God that we serve, the God that we praise, the God that was there, one thing, the God that spoke to us here in our worship time, that God is a promiser and he's a keeper of his promise. That will never change. It won't change. But when we read the scripture here in Hebrews 6, uh, verses 17 and 18, we get this idea that God, he likes to make promises. And the reason why God makes promises, it's in his nature to fulfill promises. Here's the thing. God will never stop keeping his word. Amen. You guys got that? That's right. That means, that means in your Bible, if you have your Bible, lift it up. Android, whether it's paperback, card cover, yeah, you got the King James Version, whatever you're rocking with. God... Will always keep his word. Oh, it's completely different. He will never stop keeping his word. I love that. God's goal in making promises is this so that we will be strongly encouraged to hold on. That's the reason why. God gives us a promise to us, not so that it's just a bunch of words, a bunch of rhetoric where it's just like to cover the pain, just to cover like what you're going through. God gives us promises so that we would be strongly encouraged. Hey, don't give up. Keep on going. God's a keeper of his promise. God's a promiser. Know that. God is committed to helping you lay hold of his promises. Let's read that verse again. Verse Verses 6, verses 6, sorry, chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Actually, verse 18, it says, To take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. God wants us to be encouraged. God wants us to hold on to his word. I don't know what resolutions you plan on. I don't know what your relationship with God is like. But when you get into the word of God and you see what God says in his word, if you read it, if you digest it, if you try to make sense of it, a lot of what God is doing in his word is making promises to you. He's speaking to you. He's trying to get a hold of you. And what he's saying to you is in a promise. As a matter of fact, the whole entire maybe uh, story, the whole summary of the Bible can be summed up in a promise. In the Old Testament, you have the promise of a Messiah. Someone who's going to save us from our sins. 
In the New Testament, the Messiah is coming and it promises that he'll come again. The whole entire Bible can be summed up as, I promise. God's a keeper of his word. He'll never stop keeping his word. Now, what are the promises that God has spoke to you? What are some of the things that maybe as you're singing a worship song, God has impressed upon your heart? I love you. Don't you ever forget that. And sometimes we miss that or maybe like, I got your back. Don't worry about your struggles right now. Don't worry about the financial situation where you find yourself. Don't worry about what's happening outside of your family. Don't worry. I got your back. Sometimes God makes promises to us. And it's not just a bunch of words, but you can find it in his word to back it up. God's a keeper of his promise. And God is committed to helping you lay hold of his promises. He knows it will give you strength. He wants to impress them upon you. He wants you to never forget it. Don't you ever forget it. God is so intense about you knowing what he's saying to you. As his children, as a child of God, it's not just I'm, I'm going about my Christian walk not knowing what's, what's going to happen tomorrow. We can hold on to his promises so that you will be confident and solid about what you believe about him. What do you believe about God? What promises are you holding on to that God has spoken to your life? Maybe you can start very simple and elementary, like God loves me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. You ever think about that? What a promise to make someone that, one, they will never leave you, and two, never forsake you. What, what kind of promise? What, what does that mean to you? God will make such a great promise. Do you think that he doesn't keep it? Do you think that when you go through something, God's out of the picture and he's not keeping his word? Do you think that in the darkest moment when you're struggling with sin, do you think that when you're struggling with something, God is absent? Where are you, are? Where are you now, God? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Where are you, though? you think that he's not keeping his word? Do you think he's left? Do you think the Holy Spirit has gone? He's flown away to somebody else? Like you can only minister to one person at that point in time when you need him. He's ministering to somebody else, so he's busy. You get the busy dial, like, oh my gosh, he's busy. But that in a moment of dire, in a moment where you're wanting God, he's there. And all you have to do is call in his name. That in the name of Jesus, there's nothing else. You don't have to do this elaborate. You don't have to be a worship leader and get a guitar and start playing like five songs. And then maybe you start feeling the goosebumps. And then maybe God wants to come up and says, I love you. That's not how it works. If you want the presence of God, if you want God in your life, get to a place and call on his name. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. God doesn't want you wandering or waving, doubting or faltering in your faith. He's a good God. He doesn't want you to keep like, all right, you don't know what's going to happen next. He, he wants you solid. He's saying pursue a life of discipleship with confidence. Don't give up. Don't back up. Don't quit. Amen. And this is why this year... I wanted to start off by talking about something that will never change. 
and our ambitions and our, our you know, New Year's resolutions, this, is, this will not change no matter what. And I think it's good to start in a promise because we can live our lives off a promise. Did you know that the value of a promise, depending on who's giving it to you, has significant amount of weight, significant amount of value to a person? For example, if someone makes a promise to you, it holds a certain amount of weight. Whether or not it's, 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 it's important to somebody else, it's important to you. For example, if, if, a, if a parent that goes off to, for example, you know, it goes off to war, and the father says to his kids, listen, I will come back to you. I will, and then the father goes into the war, goes to it, uncertain circumstances where who knows what's going to happen to him. See, the promise that was made, you hold on to it. You're not knowing what's happening, but you're going to hold on. He will come back. Dad said he'll come back. And you're holding on to it. It doesn't matter what nobody else says. No matter what you hear in the news. Man, it's getting back. Man, I'm holding on. That's coming back. Even though you may get days where I don't know what's happening out there. It scares me, but I'm holding on. He will come back. Do you know that God makes promises like that to you? He makes promises like that. And he doesn't make grand promises of something that he'll never do. He always keeps his promise. And maybe this year, maybe this year, it start, it's, it's, it's about time for you to get into the Word of God and, and open up the Bible and see what God is saying in His Word. What promises is He making to you? All throughout Scripture, God keeps His promises. Let's look in the Old Testament, for example. He promised Eve's offspring would crush the serpent. Jesus came into this world, defeated the works of the devil. Hello? He promised Noah he would never destroy the world by a flood. Hey, y'all ever seen a rainbow out there? It's not by chance. There's rainbows. God says, I'll give you a sign. Whenever you see that, you know I'll keep my promise. That's awesome. He promised innumerable descendants to Abram. He told Abram, who lived in India, an unbelieving nation himself who came to his father was an unbeliever and he said listen I'll go and make you into a great nation just come follow me and Abram left and now you have the nation of Israel he promised to deliver the people of Israel from slavery slavery in Egypt he wrote he sent Moses all throughout scripture you see God keeping his promises one thing that I know about promises is that sometimes it's hard to believe. Doesn't it happen where you get the, man, it's too good to be true? When God makes you a promise, he's intent in keeping it. He's intent in keeping it. It's true for you personally. It's true. You know, here's the thing about promises, and, and this is this is the fun part, because everybody's going to have their experience with God and keeping their promises. And, and for me, I can tell you that the honest truth was this, was that going to Bible college was the scariest decision that I made in a while. 
Hello. We have some members in the house. Doesn't that frighten you? You're gonna be I'm calling you to full-time ministry, dear Lord. <laughs> you sure God you got the right one? Hey, I'll be very honest. You ever get the ring, 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 and you pick it up, and it's like God, and it's like, hey, listen, you're going to be a pastor for your life. No, I don't know about that. Click, ring, ring, ring. No, I'm serious. You're going to be a pastor. I don't know if you got ring, ring, ring. No, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> and then you try to pray to God, and he's only speaking. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a pastor. And then you try to pray, God, you're so good. You're going to be a pastor. I'm so good. <laughs> and uh, to be very honest with you guys, one of the most scariest things I ever did was go to SUM. Because I was so, and this is, this is God's faithfulness, I was so unsure. This was my biggest thing. It wasn't that I wouldn't, wouldn't uh, there wouldn't be no one that I could preach the gospel to. Because I'm looking around, there's plenty of people you can share Jesus with. That, that was never the issue. Are there going to be enough lost people in the world, God, for me to go ahead and, and have a church? Yes, that's not the issue. But the issue was this, and the way I think, and the way God spoke to me was money was finances. Because a lot of people say money talks, right? You have money in your hand, you know, hey, you're doing business. Whereas like, I'm gonna get money. If you have it in your hand, it's more important. You see, it's it's valuable. And um, at that point in time, I didn't have a lot of money. And I'm thinking to myself, God, why would you call me into ministry if you're not seeing on the TV you know, ministers making it big. Ministers are doing well. You actually, as a matter of fact, Yahoo published something in you know the Yahoo News that the top five most useless degrees. <laughs> and go figure, Bible college and uh, biblical theology was there. And I'm thinking to myself, like, dear Lord, you're sure making it hard for me. <laughs> are you sure, God? I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm gonna have like 12 kids. And they're all going to have cars. I'm thinking, like, you know, they're going to be well off. And it goes that little dream. And to be very honest, when God called me into ministry, that was the hardest thing to do. It took me about a solid week of, this is what it was, God speaking to my heart. You're going into ministry. And I'm, like, ignoring it. Pretending I'm not hearing that. And then just praising God. It was the most frustrating thing ever. Literally. Just imagine, like, you're talking with somebody. Um... Well, for example, you're talking with somebody, it's like, and they're asking you, hey, did you see the Bulls game? And you're talking about different things, like, yeah, man, I don't go to church. you see the Bulls game? No, you know what, I was over here. And, you see the Bulls game? It's like, until you answer them, like, I have not seen the Bulls game. And it's, it's kind of like that, like, when, when you're talking with God, when you're praying, when you're seeking his face, God was dealing with my heart. It wasn't no slight thing, and maybe that's why I was giving it more time. But the thing that came to my mind that I was doubting God was finances. Be very real. Yeah. You know? I'm no Joel Osteen. You know, I, I'm no. I'm not. I, I, I was like, God, how am I going to do this? I don't even. God, I don't even have enough money to try to, you know, be on my own. How am I going to go into ministry? And that was my entire thing when I said, God, if this is you. And that's the only thing I was praying because I find that, okay, after a week of like God speaking, that's when I'm just like, okay, fine. I, God, what about this? And for about three days, I was like wrestling with God. I was, I was resisting God. I was like, I can't do this, God. I, I'm not going to have until God broke my heart. And we had a, a young adult uh, service on a Sunday night. 
And we start off with prayer, as we always do. And they gave up about maybe 30 to 45 minutes of prayer. And they had everybody go find a place. And, and, and at this time, you know, I, I was trying different things. Maybe, maybe the tuners, maybe I could hear God. I was standing up praying like this. I was, you know, standing praying, reading my Bible, you know, laying down on my knees. Like, God, I want you to speak to me. And at this point in time, literally within my body, I got tired of like, God, I just want to know it's you. And I literally throw myself on these chairs, just like throw myself. I'm like, God, I just want to know it's you. If you tell me right now, God, I'll go and I'll withdraw from UIC. Even when I have the scholarships for a full ride, I'll withdraw. I just, God, I just need to know it's you. And I just threw my body down. I'm like, God, just speak to me. And in a moment, he didn't say much. He didn't say, I'm going to give you thousands of dollars. What he said was this. He said, Adam, haven't I taken care of you before? What makes you think I'm going to stop now? Mm. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. That's all I needed. And it was the funniest thing. He didn't say, I'm going to give you this. Your children are going to be blessed. It wasn't nice. Like, Adam, haven't I had your back this entire time? I'm not about to stop now. And literally, I began to think of all the little things up to that point. How God had orchestrated for me to have the job that I had working at Starbucks part-time to be able to pay for school while going to school. Be able to have the hours off so I can do ministry. I'm looking at how God was orchestrating it, and it was just that light bulb after I'm admitting, like, oh, there you are. Literally, when I had God's word and it spoke to my heart, I was like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And I can tell you the whole entire ride. I remember there were times where the SUM bill came up and I'm just thinking to myself, like, how am I going to pay this? Man, there was the insurance for the car. How am I going to pay this? Man, there were things that happened to my car. You haven't repaired my car. Man, how am I going to pay this? But every single time God has met my needs, even to a point where someone has come and lent me a check of $1,000, like, God put this on my heart. Here it is. And I'm looking at them like, how did, how did you know I had a need for about? I said, God put this on my heart. Be blessed. You want to talk about crazy things like that? Being favored on the job? I'm telling you, I've seen God's hand. And the whole entire time, my biggest thing for me to listen to God and trust God was, God, do you got my back? Can you, God, am I going to make for myself what I have been living, God? And every single time, God has met my needs. Even when I graduated, I'm just like, all right, God, here I am for about a year. For about a year, I wasn't getting paid for ministry. It's still not. You know, I wasn't in any field that I thought I should be. Man, I'm looking for jobs. I'm just like, man, Lord, help. At this point in time, I'll flip burgers if it's more, if they pay me more. Getting frustrated in it. And at the same time, just allowing that to kind of affect me. And then God was so gracious. He was so patient with me. Man, I, I applied for jobs. And I was like, man, God, I want to be a counselor over here. Do this over here. I get an email back. Sorry, but you know what? Um, we're looking for somebody else. Thank you, but we're not going to be looking. Um, in a, we're going to be looking in another direction. I'm just like, man, what's this for? Bible college degree. Here I am working at Starbucks. And, God, what's it? and then, you know, sending out more resumes. I'm like, God, I'm trusting you. It sucks. Trusting, getting a call back from the school that I'm at right now. And they said, hey, listen, are you still interested in the job? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going that day, and uh, the executive director happened to be like an old-time Christian. Um, and uh, he looks up my resume, 
He says, well, it seems you have a, a lot of ministry here. What kind of uh, experience do you have as a counselor outside of ministry? None. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, and then he just begins to talk about the church. He goes off into a little mini-sermon. I'm just like, what's going on right now? You're supposed to be interviewing me. And uh, long story short is that I had a second interview that day. And um, by the end, by the time I was walking out, they were basically telling me, like, hey, you pretty much got the job. You still want it. And I remember getting into my car. It still hadn't hit me. I get in the car, I turn around, I'm like, that just happened. Mm -hmm. Getting in, and I want to, like, call my dad. I want to call Christine. I want to call people that, I think I got this job. And, and here's the thing. That was the day I had to preach for the conference last year. Our summer conference, I think it was, in August, yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to, like, trying to process it at the same time, trying to think about what God was speaking to me that night. And, and um, Man, it was just all like a blur, trying to understand God's faithfulness, God's promise, and you know, going back when God spoke into my heart. And I get here, and um, I'm getting ready for practice. I'm getting ready for worship, and and I can just remember the pastor Joe. He's seeing me, and he's noticing that I'm <laughs> I'm leading worship. He's like, "Man, you're going to preach in just a little bit. Dude, you're doing a lot. Won't you Won't you come in the office?" And it was my pastor, and uh, he's just talking to me, and he's just like, "Hey, dude, it's." No pressure right now. You, you know, it's for an audience of one. God's very proud of you. He wants to let you know he's love you, and he's got your back. Yes. And that, I'm telling you, when I think about it right now, it broke my heart because that was exactly what God spoke to me. When I just throw myself like, God, if this is what you want me to do, then you're going to go ahead and do it. And he says, Adam, once you know I've always been with you, once you know I got your back. And when my pastor Joe said that, I was just like, Oh, I mean, in tears of God's faithfulness, I was overwhelmed by how God keeps his promises. Amen. It was hard. It was one of the hardest things to do because I just want to take, do what I want to do, you know, and, and God had his way. But you know what? I'm remembering that promise, and I'm taking that into this year. See, when God makes his promises to you, you have to remember that. You can't just, oh, he did that. What's next, God? You have to take that with you. You hold on to hope. You hold on to his promise. Because when you can't see God moving directly in your life, you hold on to what he's done in your life. He saved you from your sins. He promised that. You hold on to that. God, you saved me. You made me new. Even if it's not the specific thing that you're praying for. I'm telling you, when in moments where it's hard and you have to trust, you hold on to God's promises. I'll be very honest. In just that one area of my life, there is the struggle to believe and hope in God. And, and time and time again, it's like the slap on the face after the Starbucks and everything, how I was blessed there to the point where someone comes up to me and hands me a check for $1,000 to the point where God opens up the door Come for me on. to work at this place. Come on. Crazy. Who thinks about it? No one, I didn't think that when I was there at that point in time when God is making a promise to me and I'm just thinking to myself, like, here I am. I don't know how it's going to be done, but God, if you said it, I'm going to do it. And that's... That's where a lot of us are at today. 
we're in the process of a promise and God is doing things in our lives. And even some of us haven't even taken the first step because we're struggling. It's like we're wrestling with God. And this year, let's make it a year where we say to ourselves that God, I'm going deeper. God, I'm going more after you. God, I'm living my life all out for you. You know, unashamed. And make it, make it your heart's desire. Whatever God's called you to. For the SUMers in this place, God has put a call of full-time ministry in your life. And that could be one of the most scariest things ever. But it's one of the greatest things in your life. Because God is refining your faith. Future ministers in this house. What? That's exciting. What God is going to do through you. Who you, God is going to bring into your life. And who you get the opportunity to, opportunity to disciple, mentor. That's going to be exciting. And, and for those who are here and say, man, I want more of God for my family for my relationships, for my school. Man, there's plenty of room. There's plenty of opportunity for God to do that. But who's going to walk on his promise? You see, the thing about a promise, it, it gives you something to stand on when there's nothing to stand on. It gives you something to believe in when it's hard to believe anything. The promise gives you direction. To Jesus. God wants you to confidently say, I know what God is going to do. I don't know when or how, but I made, but He's made some promises and I can walk by faith until He delivers. You know, make it your intention to test and to track how God keeps His promises to you. And be encouraged by his faithfulness. In closing, would you guys you know, stand to your feet for me, please? And Vinny, would you just come play lightly on the keys? You know, it's not a... It's not all the time that we preach on the call of God, but, you know, I want to make a special moment right here and take some time to also put that out there. If God has, is speaking to your heart, you could be in high school, you can be in college, you could be married with kids, no matter who you are. If God is putting on your heart, you're called to ministry. Um, I know how frightening that can be. I know how intimidating that seems. Um, Bible college. Being a pastor, being a missionary, being an evangelist, being a prophet, being an apostle, whatever God has put in your heart. I, I want to speak to you right now that you can fully trust God. And if you feel God has called you to full-time ministry, um, you know, because God does. It doesn't matter if you're the youngest person in here. It doesn't matter if you're the oldest. It doesn't matter who you are. He's called you to ministry. We, you know, take some time and uh, find a leader and have them pray alongside with you. You know, we don't want to say, oh, you're going to ministry. Amen. How old are you? I'm 10. Praise God. You're going to ministry. We want to confirm what God is doing. But at the same time, we want you to hear from God. Because I wrestle with God. I spent time debating, like, man, I don't know if this is for me. And I heard God. God gave me a promise, and it's been his promise that's kept me through. 
So I just wanted to throw that out there for someone who's who's wrestling with full-time ministry. In closing, I want to make this time a time of prayer. Specifically, you know, in what areas of your life are you longing to see the faithfulness of God this year? Think about it. Take some time. What areas in your life? It can be within your family. It can be within your school, with your friends. It can be personally in your walk with God. What areas of your life do you long to see the faithfulness of God this year? What memories of promises fulfilled are you carrying into the new year to encourage you to wait on the Lord? In closing, I want us to pray about those areas that we're longing to see God move. It's okay to pray, man, God, I want to see you move in this. I I long to see your promise fulfilled in this area of my life, in this relationship, in my family, God. Man, and you're going to be, you have no other choice to be put in a place of trust. You'll have to trust God. It doesn't work any other way like that. It's, it's God, I trust you. And, and then you live your life accordingly. God, I trust that you're calling me to Bible college, so I'm going to withdraw from UIC and I'm going to SUM. As crazy as that sounds, God, I'm going to do it. Live your life accordingly. It's going to be hard, sure. But I'm asking you here tonight, what areas of your life do you long to see the faithfulness of God this year? Come on, anybody in this place long to see the faithfulness of God in their family, to see their family saved? Anybody longing for that? I long for my brother to come back home to accept the Lord as his Lord and Savior, to turn it. I long for that. Is anybody longing for their family to come to Jesus? Is anybody longing for their workplace or their school so that they know the name of Jesus? Anybody longing to see people in your workplace or your school saved? Anybody longing to have the promise fulfilled that man? God's got your back every step of the way, whether in finances, whether in sickness. God's got your back. Whether there's mistakes that you made that now they're affecting you, does God still cover you? Yes. What areas do you long to see God's faithfulness this year? He's making you promises, and he's keeping them. He's dead set in keeping his promise. But are you going to put yourself in a place where you're trusting God 100%? Not half-hearted, not because you have to, but because it's the only choice and you want to trust him. You know, it started me. God started my heart, God. For every step of the way, God, that you have planned for me. I trust you, God. Come on. Let it start in you right now before we come up here and close in prayer. Let it start in your heart, God. Start with me. Start with the areas of doubt. Start with my unbelief, God. You're faithful in your word.
our scripture is filled, filled with promises, promises that God has made and he's kept. He's not about to start not keeping his promises now. God's a promise to me. And he is 100% committed in helping you lay hold of his promises here tonight. Whatever you long to see the faithfulness of God this year, whatever it is, come on, I want to agree as a body, as a youth group here in prayer. It doesn't matter if you're the leader. Elder Deacon 101201 was your first time here. I want to come in agreement with you. Because those things, it's it's vulnerable. We're so vulnerable. You're so vulnerable. But would you be vulnerable here tonight so that God can speak to your heart? Jesus, we pray here tonight, Lord. That God, you would speak to our heart. God, in those areas that we long to see your faithfulness, God, maybe we'll wait. But God, we ask that you speak your promises to our hearts. God, come and bring us comfort. God, Help us to lay hold of your promises. Those words that you've already spoken. God, those things you've already done. Help us to lay hold of it in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, I just want you guys to just come on up right now. As a body, just start making your way up here. If you're longing to see the promises of God fulfilled in your life this year, whether it's your family being saved, whether it's the finances, Come on, whether it's maybe a call of God in your life and you're asking God, am I called to this? Or maybe it's an area of life that, man, God, I, I want to go to school, but God, are you calling me to it? Come on. We can ask God, God, are you calling me to this? And so right now, let's just pray. If you're struggling in your faith right now to trust, just open up your heart and say, God, help me trust right now. Help me to lay hold of your promises in Jesus' name. God, Lord, we pray right now, Father, for those who are struggling in their faith, God, lay hold of your promise that you have their back. Come on, if there's anybody in here with a financial need, if you're longing to see God be faithful to you in the area of finances, not that you'll be a millionaire, but that you know that money is tied in what God has called you to and in your life. You're being a good steward and you're just wanting to see God. Maybe sometimes the bills, it's, it's tight. And maybe you sometimes don't understand everything that happens in your life, but you're holding on to our promise here. Come on, we pray for you here tonight. God, you are faithful. You keep your word. And you won't turn your back right now, God. In a moment of need, God, Lord, we pray that you open up doors of job opportunities, God, we pray, Lord, that you favor your people on the job, God, that, Lord, that, God, you would provide. You will provide every need, God. Lord, we trust you. Whether we trust you, Lord, whether it's leaders here, whether it's youth and their parents and finances, God, we trust you. We believe, God, that you meet every need and you are such a good and gracious God. We hold on to it. Jesus' name.
come on, maybe you're here in this place and you're longing to see your family saved. The faithfulness of God. That you and your house will serve the Lord. Come on, if you're longing for that, if you're longing for God to speak to someone in your family, come on, just begin to pray with them right now. Just pray for them. Go ahead and call them out by name in this place. We're holding on to God's promises right now. We believe 100% in God's work, His finished work on the cross in Jesus. So right now, just begin to pray for that person right now in this place. And as you begin to pray, as you begin to call out their name, let God fill you with this promise that He's got your back. That He's working. That He's going out. Jesus. Jesus. God, I pray for my brother Sergio in Jesus' name. That God, even in London, God, you will touch his heart. That right now, Lord, you will speak to him. And that God, he will know that you're calling him. That you died on the cross for his sins and that he can turn to you. Lord, speak to his heart. God, have mercy on his soul. Jesus, and pray for his salvation in Jesus' name. Come on. Maybe if you're in this place and you're up here and you're longing for your workplace, you're longing for your school, your friends to be saved, to come to Jesus. Come on, as a body, we can pray that. So no matter what school you go to, no matter what workplace you work at, come on, let's just begin to pray that God will be glorified. Come on, let's start praying for the salvation of the Lord. Let's pray for the presence of God to go where we go to flood that place. Come on, just begin to pray. If you know some friends, you can go ahead and call them out. Some dear best friends that are not saved, that you know should be here with you, that maybe you invited them before, but they haven't come. Or maybe they came a while ago, but haven't been back. Just begin to pray for them. God, we pray for Joe. God, we pray for Mauricio. God, that you would touch their heart. God, that you would bring them back. God, that they would put you first, Lord. In Jesus' name, God. Come on, just begin to pray for them. Come on. Jesus. Jesus, we pray for our high schools to come to Jesus. God, we pray for this young generation, God, to come to Jesus in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And God, you say in your word, when you're lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. So we lift you up right now in the high schools in Jesus' name. That God, that you would use us, that you would be faithful to your word. And God, that you would use us to fulfill your promise in Jesus' name. closing God's promise to never leave you nor forsake you frustrated 
with what we think should be happening. God, help us to know that you have never left us nor forsaken us. The greatest promise that you could have ever received in your life was the gift of Jesus. is God's promises and God keeps his word. He is not a man that he should lie. God, we hold on to your promises here tonight. Come on, take the next minute. Why don't you close out this time of prayer? Just whatever, whatever is in your heart right now. Whatever God has put in your heart. Maybe it's not something specific that we prayed about, but maybe something as we've been praying, God has been putting this in your heart. Go ahead and take the next minute to pray on that thing as, as we're about to close out here.
excited to bring in 2014 based on your promises, God. God, we know you're working in our lives even when we can't see it. We know you're working in our families. We know you're working in our jobs, God. So we trust you. We have a hope and our faith in you, God. God, for those things that we long to see, God, Lord, we ask that you would have your way in Jesus' name. Guys, if you're still praying, please continue to pray. But you know, we're going to leave this time for you to fellowship here tonight. So, for those who are done praying, you guys can move to the forward. But for those who are still praying, you guys can still make this a time of prayer. There's no rush.